1: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: There's kind of a cadence to all this, and typically we have been gifted many competitive Sunday night football games, so we usually start with Sunday night football, and Kansas City and Cincinnati, El Stink Bomaru at Arrowhead, and it had nothing to do with the Kansas City Chiefs and everything to do with the Cincinnati Bengals. As Patrick Mahomes... Put on a football clinic for the world to see, slicing up the Cincinnati defense, which has not been that good this year. But you, you talk about a, a, a team with an inflated record, the Cincinnati Bengals, who mathematically were one of the better teams in the AFC coming in. That's why that game got switched out and Sunday Night Football got that game. But the Cincinnati Bengals now. After losing to Pittsburgh last week, come back and lose by 35, 35 points. They go down at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes, the 358 yards, four touchdowns, did have an interception. He also ran for 45 yards. The game was over at approximately the moment the bus for the Bengals turned up to the stadium. That's about the time the game was over. So Kansas City making up for last week's loss to the Patriots. They in a in a major push against the Ben Gals in this particular game. So what are the big takeaways? Let's discuss here. A not much to discuss. We won't spend too much time on it. But a forty-five to ten final in favor of Kansas City. So my takeaways from Sunday night football: you've got the layup drill, classical, and. Relenting. All right. Layup drill, classical, and relenting, and we will work our way through this. Now, first of all, watching the beginning of this game, as I mentioned, the moment the Bengals' bus showed up to the stadium, the game was over. In fact, I would argue when they even left the state of Ohio to get into a plane to travel to Missouri, at that particular moment, the game was over. Uh, There was no – no battle in the Bengals. Now it was only 7-nothing at the end of the first quarter in this game. But it might have felt, well has been worse and at halftime by by halftime it was 24 to 7 in favor of Kansas City and uh, Patrick Mahomes already had three touchdown passes at halftime, which I think is the entire season total for the Buffalo Bills passing offense. But it was it was a, a layup drill is what it was. It was like you go to an NBA game before the game and they're practicing layups. That's what was going on. It was T-ball baseball. It was underhand, here we go, hit it as far as you can possibly hit it. It's kind of like when I played baseball back in the day and I would go out and I would I would have a metal bat and you're not supposed to do this. I have to I have to put a caveat in front of this because it's very dangerous and you could kill someone, you could take their eye out. But if you ever take a baseball bat and have a friend of yours throw it underhand like a golf ball. Uh, With a metal baseball bat, you can hit it out of the Grand Canyon. That's kind of what the Chiefs were doing. Not kind of. It was what the Chiefs were doing with Patrick Mahomes against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who were completely twisted into pretzels in this game. Kansas City had 319 yards at halftime. The Bengals had 139. This was a mismatch. Uh, That's number one. Number two... It was a throwback. It was a classical performance. For many years, up until just recently, the Cincinnati Bengals in primetime were the easiest wager against because Cincinnati in primetime games under Marvin Lewis continually would vomit game after game after game. So this was a classical performance by the Bengals to go out and say, yes, we might have a little bit better record Right, you know, four and two coming into this game, now four and three, but we're still the same lightweight, we're still the same pushover that the Bengals have always been. Just no fighting spirit for Cincinnati uh in this game. And it was yeah, you, know, you look forward to a nice there was no baseball. I was like, ah, we'll get a decent game. We we'll get a decent NFL game. I actually was a I was the Rube. I thought the Bengals would have a sense of urgency. I thought they would actually compete. It's a bad job by me. Shame on me. It was just a complete lack of energy by the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Let's hear from Marvin Lewis, who I'm sure is very happy, Marvin Lewis, that you prepared. I guess you prepared. It didn't look like you prepared uh, for this particular game. You're used to One thing about Marvin Lewis, he is used to making statements after Bengal losses. Let's hear the latest excuses from Marvin Lewis. They've... You know, again, I, you, you can sit here and second guess everything I do, every play. So, okay. If that's what you want to do. I do. You have at it. You don't have enough time in the night for that. No, I do. Any desire to talk a little bit about how good that offense was? They're a good offense. That's you know, we knew that going in. Anything else? See, let me. Let me, he walked away, I had to get a cup of coffee. Uh, let me explain, though, Marvin. The good thing about my job, I'm an overnight gas bag. I have all night to wax poetic about how bad you are. I have, until the sun comes up, sometimes even you know, after the sun comes up, I have the opportunity to sit here and second guess and condemn and point fingers. It's the gift of 24-7 Sports Talk Radio. That's why we're here. If you want to know why we broadcast all hours of the day at Fox Sports Radio on the Ben Maller Show, it's to criticize coaches while they sleep. That's why we're here. It's a public service. It's a public service that we do for the men, women, and children of America. Now, meanwhile, Kansas City, the last point here. That's kind of obvious. We're just following up, touching up the performance here. Like a fine painting, the Kansas City Chiefs, what they have been able to do with their offense uh, is – its great. and we, we need you – know, being all-knowing and all-powerful as a talk show host, it would be wonderful – to end up with an all-offensive Super Bowl. Like, if we can get the Rams and the Chiefs to end up in Atlanta and not even pretend like they want to play defense. Now, the Rams have some big-name defensive players, but in theory, just go through the motions on defense and just have it an old-fashioned shootout, kind of like what we had between the Eagles and the Patriots, which was a back-and-forth offensive uh, arms race in the Super Bowl last year. We'd like to see that again. Uh, but the Chiefs' offense, especially when they play an opponent that's just mentally checked out, it's even more obvious. But it's it's relenting would be the word. That would be the adjective I would use for the Chiefs' offense, relenting. Uh, I would also put it exhausting, uh, watching them go back and forth. And uh, as in a caveat to that, it allowed me to turn the game off at about the third quarter. So I got to go watch the end of the Clipper game, which, by the way, they won. So I'd like to thank that uh, another win. Uh, LeBron's a Laker, by the way, now. The Clippers running circles around the Lakers. I just want to point that out for the Barbers. two Laker fans in the, in the room. Uh, here's one more. Let's go back. Stay, stay focused, Mellor. Right, here's Patrick Mahomes, who is the quarterback, I think, still of the Kansas City Chiefs, although this monologue's gone on so long. Maybe not. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes, and rather than pat himself on the back, he is ready to pat his teammate, Kareem Hunt on the back, who did have 86 yards, a touchdown. He also had a couple of touchdowns, three total touchdowns, two uh, catching, one on the ground, and he altogether went well over 100 yards combined. Here is Mahomes celebrating his running back. He just takes this offense to the next level. (laughs) Him being able to run the ball hard, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, I feel like it doesn't really get accounted for. and So I can throw
0: a check down to him, and he can break – three tackles and get in the end zone. I mean, he truly is a special player who I, who I believe doesn't get as much hype as I think he should. I mean, as he keeps rolling, I mean, the hype will come.
2: I could listen to him talk all night. I could. Tell me you're not captivated by that voice. You're lying. No, no, you're captivated. That voice is so unique. That voice is so wonderful that we must listen to that. That's a It's a marvelous voice. Do you see what Mahomes was wearing when he showed up to the stadium? He was wearing a New York Mets throwback to his dad when he pitched for the Mets. But his dad was a journeyman pitcher. He could have worn his dad's old Twins jersey, his old Red Sox jersey, a Ranger, Cub, Pirate, the Bay Stars from the Japanese League, all those teams that Pat Mahomes, the old relief pitcher, played for. Now the, the other story of Kansas City is the creme de la creme of offense, the other team that is far and away. Number one, the Los Angeles Rams, who are the leaders in the clubhouse in the NFL, they, a game that was a throwaway figure. The Packers coming up, uh, third road game in three weeks for the Rams. This was a spot some of us took the 49ers thinking the Rams would just kind of go through the motions, get through the game. They didn't just go through the motions. They took a baseball bat and bludgeoned the 49ers, they tuned them, 39-10. to 10. All day and all yeah. Are the Rams going to lose? Who's going to beat this team? This is, this is the makings of a 16-0 team. I mean, seriously, the Aaron Donald went into cyborg mode. Who's going to beat him? Green Bay sucks. The Saints barely beat Joe Flacco and needed a, a Justin Tucker missed extra point to avoid overtime. The Saints, stop, stop. And, and I have a, a rumor, well, a friend of mine gave me the rumor, that when the Chiefs and Rams play in Mexico, that game's not in L.A. It is a Ram home game, but in week 11, in middle part of November, the Rams and Chiefs are going to get together in Mexico City. The Rams will be giving the Chiefs extra cups of water, that Mexican water, so they will be sick and they'll be vomiting on the sidelines. The Rams will bring bottled water. So they will have a competitive advantage in that game against Kansas City. Who I mean, look around. Who else? I mean, the Rams are going to beat – the only team that's going to beat the Rams is themselves. They're going to beat themselves. Who's going to beat them? I, I was not overly impressed with the Saints. The Saints came out had a 20-play drive against the Ravens. Didn't score on a 20-play drive to start the game. That's embarrassing. The Eagles were on cruise control – right up until, you know, the final 15 minutes of the game where they didn't show up. They played 45 minutes of football, and they lost to Carolina. Uh, who Green Bay, that, this Green Bay team, let, let's give you an idea. Now, I know you, know, you can't do the comparison thing. You can, well, every, every game is different. Every week is unique. Blah, 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 blah. But the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, their last game, they had the bye week here, but their last game, they played the 49ers. This same 49er team, Green Bay, was fortunate to get a a three-point win over the 49ers. The same 49ers who the Rams just clocked, just took to the woodshed. I heard my friend Arnie Spanier earlier, who was making his big picks, and Arnie was like, oh, let me tell you, I like the Packers plus nine. Now, that's a trap. That's a sucker's play, okay? Okay. The Packers are—they blow. The Rams are going to run circles on the Green Bay Packers at the Coliseum, and there'll be all those cheeseheads, and it'll be all you ninety know, percent Packer fans. Lambeau West, and it ain't going to matter. All right, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox, as we yap the night away, and we say hello as uh, Ralph. I guess Ralph is—is is he here live in person, or I don't know? I, I think know it's a recording. It. Oh, it's a recording. It's the best of Ralph. We've got Roberto here, and Koopa Loop is back. And so I just want to point out, uh, this is a a football-heavy show. We have plenty of time to dive into baseball. I just want to tell you that some of us correctly, being distant relatives of the great Nostradamus, were able to foreshadow the doomsday talk radio scenario of the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers meeting in the 2018 Fall Classic, starting Tuesday night, weather permitting, at Fenway Park. Tickets are not available. They are not available for this classic. Couple of blue bloods of baseball getting together. It's gonna be wonderful. Can't wait. Can't, I'm gonna enjoy every second. Yeah, that's dueling songs. Who's got the better song? You gonna go with the sweet Caroline or you gonna go with the classical? Oh, I gotta- I gotta stop here to the post. Here we go. Where it began. I can't begin to know. Everybody
0: now. But then I know it's growing strong. You know you're
2: going to sing along when we hit the the main part of this. You can't help yourself. Yeah. We're building up to it. The Dodgers could be up 7 0 by the time they play this song, though. I hope so. They better be. Hey. Hey, Hands, hold my hand. Yeah. All right. Cut it off. We're going to have to pay royalties if we play any more than that. We don't want to. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's good. So we can switch back and forth. Oh, it's a perfect day. It never rains in LA. Never does. There is smog, though. It rains smog. A lot of smog there. So. I know. Can't wait, big man. I would like to give my condolences to the. The Cheesehead Brewer fans, and also Joe Buck, who was very upset the Brewers lost. I know Joe was pulling for Josh Hader. Jeez, to get the man. Series. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. He's trying to hide it next time, Joe. Joe. Buck. I mean, come on. Didn't realize you were a Brewers fan. I mean, you, see, the, the, what that's all about is you know, Joe Joe grew up on the cheating Cardinals. And his old man there, Jack Buck. Missed. I love Jack Buck. May he rest in peace, though. Mister St. Louis Cardinal baseball. The Cardinals need a triple play. Every play that Brewers made was spectacular. Yeah, the bullpen's the greatest thing in the world. Meanwhile, as we you know, again, we we were kind of right on that as the series went on. The Dodgers seemingly had a a bit of an edge there in Game Seven against that that bullpen. The bullpenning, huh? Yeah. God, what a disgust! I mean, think. Think the baseball gods the Brewers didn't win. Well, just Is that the most disgusting way to play professional baseball with the Brewers? It's a football-heavy show. Bring in your I, best reliever in the third inning. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just despicable. All right. Now, I, the rumor is that we don't do guests on this show, but we might have someone calling in later. I cannot say who. See if you can figure out who it is. There might be someone LeBron? calling in later. It might be LeBron James. It could be LeBron James or Boban, the star of the NBA, Boban, who's bigger than LeBron James. Because LeBron's on the team that it, that's got like like the third worst record in the NBA, the Lakers. Boban is the star of the Clippers, who are playing very well. I want to point that out. Who is that, Shirley? No, it's Boban, the great Boban, leading the way for the
1: Clips. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, I
2: didn't get a lot right. On Benny versus the Penny. But one thing we did get right was the Carolina-Philadelphia game. It certainly didn't look like that after about 45 minutes because for 45 minutes against Carolina, it appeared that Philadelphia was back. The mainstream pundits who had anointed the Philadelphia Eagles returned to dominance against the Giants last Thursday night, which was I felt more a byproduct of giant incompetence than anything special that Philadelphia did. Well, here was an opportunity for the Eagles against Carolina, an NFC rival in their own stadium, the bird nest there, to dominate and dominate they did. 17 to nothing, the Eagles led entering the fourth quarter, and then they had to play the fourth quarter, and that's when things went sideways. And when I say things went sideways, that is not in understatement. I'm not embellishing that in any way. That is an accurate portrayal of events that happened in the fourth quarter. If you missed this game, if you were watching some other game or you were not paying attention, it's a bad job by you. But that Eagle defense which had shut down Cam Newton and the Panthers and and pretty much just had them twisted all around for 45 minutes. In the fourth quarter, Cam Newton woke up out a hibernation there and helped the Cats navigate Three consecutive touchdown drives in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles were shut out the final 15 minutes. You do the math. Carolina scores three touchdowns. The Eagles shut out the final 15 minutes, and it all added up the arithmetic to a calculated come-from-behind Carolina win, and more importantly, the better story, an epic meltdown by the defending Super Bowl chumps, the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's talk about this. Now the question is, and we'll frame it this way. So the, the final was 21-17. Carolina got the win and another loss for the Eagles who are under five hundred again. But who do you blame for the Eagles blowing a 17-0 lead in the fourth quarter? Now, I've got hesitant, blooper, and the grave. All right, those three things, and we'll tie them all together. Now, first of all, I keep hearing that Carson Wentz, is wonderful that he is great and that it took him a couple of games, but now he's, he's got his mojo going. And I'm not just talking mojo potatoes, I'm talking the real thing. But if you watched this game, and I did in particular the fourth quarter, you noticed that that was not the case. Now, but if you didn't watch the game, you look at the stat line and say, Well, Carson Wentz had 310 yards passing, he completed 81%. Of his passes, he only had seven incomplete passes out of 37 attempts. He had a glorious quarterback rating of 119. He had no interceptions, a couple of touchdowns. There's no way in hell anybody can get in front of an open microphone and criticize Carson Wentz. You can't do it on a mic. Want to bet? Those stats are misleading. When the Eagles needed Carson Wentz to step up and make a play or two in the fourth quarter – not anything out of the norm, just a couple of good pass plays to extend drives. Carson Wentz was unable to convert when they needed him the most. What's my evidence, right? I'll give you my evidence, right? He vanished. He pulled a Houdini act, Carson Wentz, in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz was seven of 10 passing in the fourth quarter. That's 70%. That's pretty good. For 29 yards. He completed seven passes in the fourth quarter for 29 yards. In the final 15 minutes of action, his quarterback rating with the game on the line was 72.9. He averaged 2.9 yards per attempt. 2.9 yards per attempt in the fourth quarter. And that, as much as anything else, helped Carolina come from behind. We sucked. And we sucked at a time that you can't suck. The ineptitude of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Now, some of this goes to Doug Peterson. The Eagles were hesitant. Uh, Carson Wentz was weak the final 15 minutes. It was an overly conservative game plan. I thought the Eagles were very braggadocious about how we go for it on fourth down. We're going to take chances. We're the Philadelphia bleeping Eagles. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. you got to keep plays going, put pressure on the Panthers, and instead, Philadelphia morphed into some bad habits here. They couldn't do it. They were unwilling to do it, and Carolina, to their credit, took advantage in one quarter, proving you don't have to play 60 minutes. The Carolina Panthers played 15 minutes of good football. The Philadelphia Eagles played 45 minutes of good football, but – in the end, the 15 minutes beat the 45 minutes. And it was really even like 11 minutes because it was the, the I think it was four minutes into the fourth quarter before Carolina finally scored their first touchdown. Now the second point here, the entire Eagle defense collectively, you know how they give out game balls? In this case, you've got to give out dunce caps to the Eagles defense for their effort in the fourth quarter. If you're going to start something, you might as well finish it. The Panthers uh, – offensively, for most of this game, were stupefied by Philadelphia defensively. They looked disorganized for three quarters. And to give you an idea of how dominant Philadelphia had been and how bad Carolina had been for 45 minutes, the Panthers had 83 total net yards in the first half. They had 62 net yards in the third quarter. So for 45 minutes, Cam Newton matriculated the ball to a grand total of 145 yards on 31 offensive plays over 45 minutes. That sucks. They only had seven first downs Carolina. It was shut down defense for the Eagles, and then they said, that's it, we're done. We got nothing left. And from that point forward, it was an implosion. It was a blooper reel For Carolina uh, against, or for the Eagles rather, against that Carolina offense. Somehow Ron Rivera came up with a, a formula to flip the switch, and the Panthers erased all of that deficit. In the blink of an eye, they went turbo time. Carolina had 226 total net yards on 27 offensive plays in the fourth quarter. Remember, for the first three quarters, they had 145 yards in the game. In the fourth quarter, 226 yards against the Eagles defense. They had 12 first downs. They had five more first downs in the fourth quarter than the first three quarters combined in this game. But wait! There's more! It was a Total fiasco for the Eagle defense. It was the perfect medley of mistakes and miscues and you name it. They were tripping over each other, the Eagles on defense. It was bad. Bad, 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 bad. Doug Peterson, you've got a statue in Philadelphia. It's a fake statue, but you still got a statue. What do you have to say for yourself? This is embarrassing, Coach Peterson. Just broke down, you know, and and we can't have that. And and those are things that uh, our guys pride themselves on, you know, whether it's,
0: you know, I look at the, I'll go back and look at, you know, the couple of calls, play calls there, see if I can do a little better there, help our team out there.
2: You think? Maybe? Possibly? All right, Carson Wentz. Now, I I put you on a shish kebab, Uh, Carson Wentz. You were brutal in the fourth quarter. 2.9 yards per attempt in the fourth quarter. What are you going to say for that offense? Very disappointing. I mean, we had chances to win there at the end. Um, offensively, we had a chance to seal the deal—the the drive before, really, the f- two drives before. And we just didn't do it. So, you know, when you're on the field at the end like that with a shot, uh, balls in your hand, and, and you don't win, it's frustrating. All right. So, what are the Eagles? Well, they're two and or three and four, rather. They, they're under 500 after seven games. We're almost at the the halfway mark of the NFL season, and Philadelphia is a game under 500. So how long do we go on with this game of charades about how the Eagles are about to turn the corner, they're about to turn the corner, Philadelphia's good, Philadelphia's good. Uh, the the old line Parcells had is accurate. You are what your record says you are, and the Philadelphia Eagles are a 3-4 and four football team. Now the good news is, there's good news, bad news. The bad news is they have to go to London. The good news is they play Jacksonville, and that's a hotter mess than Philadelphia is at this particular point. There's fighting in the Jacksonville locker room. More on that later. It's on my list. They benched Blake Bortles finally for a scrub. They have no backup, but they went to the backup. So that should be a win to get you at four and four at the midway point. The bye week is in week nine for Philadelphia. But you got to start stacking wins. You got to start stacking wins. It's kind of obvious. You don't need me to tell you that. The Eagles are digging themselves a grave in the NFC. Philadelphia has already lost to the NFC rivals, the Vikings and the Panthers. So you can pretty much forget about ending up with the top record in the NFC. They're four games behind the Rams for the overall top record in the NFC. And the argument I hear from Philadelphia, South Philly people is, well, it doesn't matter, even if the Rams get home field advantage – The Eagle fans will just buy all the tickets at the Coliseum, so it'll essentially be uh, Lincoln Financial Field West when the Eagles, if they play the Rams in the postseason. Okay, fine, but you're still not in your own stadium. You still have to travel 3,000 miles by stagecoach to Los Angeles. And if you can't play a full 60-minute game, like I don't think Carolina's all like, uh, I'm not overly impressed with the Carolina Panthers. This was a game Carolina had to win, though, considering that we, we mentioned this when we did Benny versus the Penny, and you look at the Carolina Panthers and their situation, and you say, well, Carolina lost a look-ahead game against the Redskins. If you lose the look-ahead game, you then have to win the game. Like They, they looked ahead to Philadelphia and lost to the Redskins, so now you got to beat Philadelphia, which they did. But if you can't play a full 60 minutes, the blowout win against the Giants, the, the, the NFC East stinks it sucks. Uh, and and Philadelphia has wins against the Falcons, Colts and Giants. Those are their wins so far this year. Those teams are a combined 5 and 14. That's their record. 5 and 14. The Eagles four losses are against the Bucks, Titans, Vikings and Panthers who are 14-11 and 1, which is not all that great either. 3 games above 500. So I've made the analysis. My theory on this is barring some kind of radical transformation. This Eagle team is destined to end up eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine. We call that the Jeff Fisher Special. They're going to be somewhere in that seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven area, which, while it could be good enough to win the NFC East because the division blows, in the big picture, they, they don't match up against the better teams in the NFC. We've seen that. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Carolina Panthers. They play the Rams later, and we'll see what happens down the line. But even if Philadelphia beats the Rams in that game, which is at the Coliseum, that's a, a, a rematch of last year's matchup when Carson Wentz was injured at the Coliseum. I was there. I saw him being carted out on a golf cart up the tunnel at the Coliseum in that game uh, last year. They don't meet till Week 15 the Rams could already have wrapped up the number one seed by week 15. Think about that. The Rams, but things keep going the way they're going for the Rams. By week 15, they could be resting players week 15, week 16, week 17, by that point. All right, this is the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We'll take your calls. If you would like to be part, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller, and we're also available on Facebook, Ben Maller Show. It's Ben Maller Show. We've got wreck Ralphs here, Roberto, and Koopa Loop, the cast of characters. Bubba, he writes in, he's a big Eagles fan, he says, my Eagles are just are not right, he says. They're just not right. He says, I don't know what is wrong. But they cannot stop teams. They either forget how to play defense or they get penalties that are super costly. Carson Wentz. Is different, like I was afraid he'd be after the injury. It's in his head, Bubba says. Yeah, there you go, Bubba, a realistic Philadelphia Eagle fan. Yeah, that's Something it. Happened to Derek Carr. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. What whoa? What whoa? Uh oh. Yeah. Michael writes and he says, "What the f, Maller? Bill Miller, you have never acknowledged my tweets. What's up? I'm your greatest fan in Kansas City. We have the Bill Miller Chicken Strip." he says. Well, Michael, the reason I don't acknowledge you is because unlike other listeners in Kansas City who were tweeting out photos while eating the Ben Mallard chicken fingers, which are available in the greater Kansas City area, I have not seen you, Michael, tweeting out a photo of that.
1: Oh, to hell, Bill Miller.
2: So it's a bad job by you. Other people were doing that over the week. Food porn. Watching the NLCS eating the Ben
1: Maller chicken fish. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Let's get to it. Here we go. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. In. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
2: And we bring in the Coop-de-loop Justin Cooper.
0: Ben, the Jacksonville Jaguars traded for Carlos Hyde over the weekend, which uh, you know makes some sense because they have TJ Yeldon and really not much else since Fournette's been hurt. However, we're hearing reports that the Jags are growing frustrated with Leonard Fournette. Do you think that the Jags should just move on from him altogether and stick with Carlos Hyde?
2: Uh, well, no. Here's the way I was. Would, I would say "ixnay" on that. A eh? was uh, how I would answer. That's Pig Latin, by the way. "Ixnay" is Pig Latin, so I use Pig Latin. "Ixnay" that's Pig Latin. Uh, number one, Carlos Hyde was brought in as high-end insurance, kind of like Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on your car insurance with our friends at Geico. He's a better option for Jacksonville, Carlos Hyde, than T.J. Yeldon, who has fallen out of favor. So the Jags, they failed to make this move. The real F for Jacksonville is they should have made this move in the offseason. They knew they had an issue here. They didn't address it in the offseason, so they were forced to make an in-season trade. Jacksonville could have had Carlos Hyde for nothing. He was a free agent, and instead they ended up having to trade a mid round draft pick to get him. Number two, Leonard Fournette is a better player than Carlos Hyde. The problem is he's not a healthy player. He's been nursing this hamstring. It sounds like he's going to be out for a good stretch longer, possibly not even play again this year if there's another setback for Leonard Fournette. So Carlos Hyde has his chance. If he takes advantage of it, great. I don't know how anybody's going to take advantage in Jacksonville, the running backs uh, collectively. The quarterback play sucks. Next. All right now Enos Cantor revealed that he would like to uh,
0: start a career in the WWE after his NBA career is over. Ben, you
2: have a lot of friends in the WWE. I do, yes. Do you think he would make a, a, a good wrestler? Uh, he's got all the ingredients, yes. Uh, he's charismatic. He's full of personality. He's gigantic. He's enormously uh, you know He's got the 6'11 height going for him So yeah, he's got all the ingredients to be a big star But that's a tough life You're on the road all the time That's a difficult life Does he really want it? He's got a lot of money Next! Ben, do you want to pass this edition? Do I want to pass? Yeah Yeah, I'd like to pass yeah, Then
0: we probably shouldn't do this last question Why not? Because you already answered it earlier in the show And then I'm going to fail you <laughs> if you
2: answer it again Oh really? Alright well, I can. You know, That's it, we'll do two questions I thought this was all ad-libbed I had no idea Did I win? Yeah, yeah, you win. I won the game. I didn't even need the last question. Honestly, I'm sparing myself. I'm going to spit in the face, cool. I'm going to spit in your face is what I'm going to do, just like Ron I'm Got It's
1: a murder. Got to go. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice.
0: Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole
1: seconds. And if you don't like it, screw
2: you. And away we go. It's the Instant Advice Line, unscreened radio, brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you on the Ben Maller Show. And away we go. Who needs our advice? Now, I could have done a World Series-heavy show, but we haven't talked too much about the World Series. It does start on Tuesday on Fox. There's a lot of stories in the NFL that have caught my attention. Some people are saying, you need to give advice to Rondo on how not to spit at another human being. But I'm not going to do that either. We haven't spent too much time talking about a man spitting on another man. So instead, we did do a Maller monologue about Jacksonville and Blake Bortles, who has been benched, but... He's not guaranteed of being on the bench going forward. So Jacksonville's got a quandary, a quarterback conundrum. So what is your advice, this pickle the Jags find themselves in, on what to do with Blake Bortles? What is your advice? 877-99 on Fox gets you on the air. 877 Line one, you are on the air. Your advice to Jacksonville on what to do with Blake Bortles.
1: They need to just smoke some weed and eat
2: some prunes. Yeah, solid advice. Line two, you're on the air. Advice to Jacksonville on what to do with Blake Bortles. Both teams played hard, my man. No, they didn't, actually. I saw the Bengals. They did not play hard. Line three, you're on the air. Advice to Jacksonville on what to do with Blake Bortles. Line three is not there. We'll go to you, line. Let's jump over to line five. Oh, line five hung up. We'll go to line six. 877 99 on Fox. It's the Insta advice line, unscreen calls for Jacksonville on what to do with Blake Bortles. Hello, line six.
0: Benny and the weed man in Rob's garage. Let's make it happen.
2: No, that's not going to happen. That'll never happen. I will never be in your garage unless I'm a prisoner. Line one. Hello, you're on the air, line one. Uh, yes, Ben. I would look the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake
1: Bortles square in the eye and say, You hang up on yourself, Ben Miller! <laughs> All
2: right. You hang up on yourself, Ben Miller! Line two, you were on the air. The Jags, what do they do with Blake Bortles? Hello, line two. Give him a nine-year-old girl. Oh, well, stop that. Line three, hello. So take that in
1: your pooper and pop <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Oh, your baseball. Yes, your baseball, actually, I, I'll tell you what happened. I apologize, but when, London le- when Eddie left for London, I gave him your baseball. So your baseball is now on a train heading to Paris. Okay? Thank you, Ben All right, You're welcome. Yes, I hope you get the ball. Contact Eddie. He's got your baseball. Line 5. Hello, Line 5.
1: They should trade him for a bag of magic beans.
2: But only if they're an extra-large bag of Magic Beans. Let's go to... Oh, hi, ben. oh, it's Cowboy John Brett on the random line. Random line. Your advice, Cowboy, to Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. What to do with Blake Bortles?
0: Well, first of all, happy 100th birthday, former Big League pitcher Fred Cagliari. Happy 53rd
2: birthday
1: to uh, uh, uh well, Ways. I'm uh, get, to, get, on to, get on the get him a, air. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're on the... You're <laughs> buck,
2: you, you said Bucks and Blunt. <laughs> that's my dad. No, That's my Cowboy. Line 6. Hello, you're on the air. Line 6.
1: Get him one of those inflatable rubber rings so he doesn't get hemorrhoids while he's sitting on the bench.
2: All right. Thank you for that. You know all about that. Line line one, you're on the air. Hello, line one. Send bottles to New England
0: where he'll do great because they get every call and they cheat all day. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You're a terrible game show contestant. You suck at game shows. Line two, hello. Ralph, I know where you live. <laughs> you're stealing another caller's act. Line three, hello. Go to hell, Ralph. All right. I like that. It's a good call. Rackham. Line five, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you? Line six, hello. Hey,
1: Big Ben. Uh, it's 29 degrees up here in Maine. I don't even know why I called the show. Go Red
2: Sox. <laughs> All Come right. Come on in, man. He's a, he, now that is a game show legend. Boo, Stop that. Cowboy, believer. we're on the air. Line one, hello. I'll be your nanny, Roberto. <laughs> Line two, hello, you're on the air, go Blow me up, Rocky Roberto <laughs> Yes, line two, are you there, line two? Yes, do us a favor, and send us on number one for Derek Carr Number one, line number one Last one, Coop, pick a line, Coop, pick a line, go ahead Let's go with line five Line five, go ahead, line five, you're on the air, go I'm a doctor We had a doctor, a real life doctor Got a murder,
0: got to go